In this episode, you'll be learning how you can target and remove those surface level desires and all those things that are preventing you from finding true fruitfulness in your life. And this episode is very special because you'll be listening to a snippet from the audiobook recording of Planting Your Purpose. And if you'd like to learn more information about how you can get this book or this audiobook for yourself, then you can head to plantingyourpurpose.com. You've got a dream to glorify God and make your mark on the world. Maybe you want to grow a business, start a ministry, or become a better servant leader. Whichever level in life you want to hit, I believe that God's calling all of us towards something greater than where we are now. So join me as I document my journey to learn how to grow an online ministry in ways that are effective, biblical, and aren't stuffed with complicated religious or business mumbo-jumbo. My name is Alec Hassan, and welcome to the Digital Ministry Mastermind Podcast. Chapter one, groundwork. Day one, the need for vision and mission. Christians are tuned into the idea of calling and many feel their current jobs are well matched with what they perceive as their calling. But there are also warning signs all around our workplaces. We see some gaps between generations at work and a potential lack of vision for how generations can mentor and support each other. Churches can do a much better job of helping Christians understand how to live out their faith in the workplace particularly among those who have yet to discover their vocation or integrate faith and work. David Kinman and Bill Denzel. Many people find their identity and their purpose in the work that they do. Statistically, we will spend about a third of our entire life working, so it makes sense that we might link our identity in the work that we do. For some, they take pride in the job they get to contribute to, but for many, this isn't the same case. If you've ever worked at a new job, started a project, or pursued an idea and found yourself losing the fire and satisfaction you had when you first started, you're not alone. Two-thirds of all working millennial and Gen X Christians are dissatisfied with their current roles at work, and 60% of millennials and 65% of Gen Xers are not fulfilled with the future opportunities that their work offers. There is a growing desire and a need to find fulfillment. Many are seeking out guidance and answers. Unfortunately, Half of all working Christians feel the church could be doing a better job at helping them understand how to live by faith outside of simply volunteering during Sunday morning services. Barna Group, a leading research and resource organization focused on analyzing the intersection of faith and culture, conducted a study on how employed Christians understand and value their vocation. Their findings were rather surprising. Let's imagine your church is starting up a ministry that is made up of a team of five volunteers, all in their 20s. Statistically, two of the five people on the team don't know their talents or understand their purpose slash calling in ministry. And depending on the demographic, that number could be higher. 58% of millennials, 64% of Gen X, and 59% of baby boomers don't feel they are aware of the purpose or talents that God has given them. Michael, one of the volunteers, is a 25-year-old college graduate. Before attending college, Michael read some articles about graduating students who were in debt and unable to find work. It worried him, so he pursued a degree in a field that could both guarantee him a secure job and paid very well. But upon graduating, he found that the secure job he had wasn't providing the fulfillment he desired. Following all the various trends and mainstream advice for finding fulfillment eventually led him to feeling empty and on the wrong path. He wanted to do more with his life and was eager to start by volunteering at his local church. What Michael is portraying are signs of not cultivating the heart. Like soil that becomes hard by being watered too little and by being in the blazing sun for too long, Michael's heart was in the values and belief systems of society for too long without being refreshed by God's spirit. When soil is hard, it is unable to receive the seeds that are planted. On the surface, 
Michael had become hard and unable to receive what God wanted to give him. Amanda, another one of the volunteers, is the oldest one on the team at 29 years old. Amanda feels she has her whole life ahead of her. She works at a steady job that she enjoys and makes time to volunteer at church regularly. She has a slight sense that God might want her to start a nonprofit or an organization that can aid the needy. However, Amanda is too focused on other activities and doesn't find the time to think that far into the future. Amanda sets goals and pursues things that sound exciting and impactful, but quickly finds herself taking on a new activity that might pique her interest. Even though her schedule is typically filled with activities from church and work, she wrestles with the feeling that she could be doing more with her life. What Amanda is dealing with are the negative side effects of not envisioning the endgame. Like a gardener, looking out at their freshly cleared and cultivated garden, Amanda can see her life has the potential to produce a lot of fruitful work. But to have a fruitful garden, the gardener first needs to view the land, imagine how the land should be used, and then map out how to use it. Amanda knows she can do great things, but lacks the understanding to first imagine where God is ultimately leading her. Michael and Amanda are certainly enthusiastic about helping. They're both eager to be used in God's kingdom and volunteer, take on projects, or say yes to responsibilities in work and church. Although they may seem keen to be on the team, it is merely an expression of their eagerness to find purpose. They say yes to various projects, not because it's part of their calling. Rather, it is because these work opportunities inspire hope that they might find their calling. When that calling isn't found, their enthusiasm will fade, and so too will their involvement in the team or project. Michael and Amanda, despite not having the same struggles, ultimately they share the same problem, a lack of vision. Whether it is a team, an individual, or ourself that lacks vision, an absence of focus and understanding of the goal can easily become the sole hindrance to achieving said goal. However, not every working Christian struggles with having vision or purpose. In fact, three out of five working Christians feel they have a good understanding of their purpose and talents. But there's more to the story than just that. Even though there may be three on a team of five who do have vision and purpose, two of those three don't feel that they can utilize their talents or live out their vision and purpose in their vocation. Jessica, another member on the team, is 23 years old and a student at the local college. She's been involved in the church since she was a child, had a phase in high school and college where she wasn't attending consistently, but is now back and more consistent and active in the church than ever before. She's confident in her ability to help wherever she can, Somewhat a jack-of-all-trades, Jessica can write, perform, brainstorm ideas, work with her hands, and manage small teams on short-term tasks. Deep down, she wants to serve and love like Jesus, but she also fears that she might look like a show-off or like she is being picky if she only works in areas where her talents and purpose can best be expressed. Anytime an opportunity comes up that sparks a sense of excitement and joy in her, she worries that it might be a path that would lead her away from God's real calling. Jessica is dealing with deeply buried false beliefs, by not digging deep to remove these false beliefs, they become barriers that prevent deeper growth and greater fulfillment in her life. The roots of whatever good thing is trying to develop in her life hits these buried barriers and it leads to behavior of self-sabotage and or avoidance of one's calling. Daniel, on the other hand, wants to be recognized for his successes and dives headfirst into projects. Being the youngest one in the group, recently turning 22, he feels that he needs to be more vocal and energetic in order to be recognized. In church, Daniel wants to use his talents and skills to grow the church. He doesn't just think he can contribute a lot of value, he knows he can. But due to his lack of experience and self-awareness, his values aren't clearly recognized, and it often feels like Daniel is driven by selfish motives, thus making it hard for others to trust if his heart is in the right place. 
He genuinely does want to contribute to the growth of God's kingdom and the local church, but Daniel doesn't feel he is being fully utilized and recognized. Daniel's struggles come from not knowing what values he should be planting. Although a garden may appear to be the most optimal place to plant seeds, not every seed can be planted into every garden. For example, ground that is too wet might kill one type of seed, while another seed can thrive in very wet soil. God knows what values deeply penetrate our hearts. God also knows which values are the most fruitful in our lives. By not knowing the proper values to plant, Daniel is diligent but could be working smarter rather than working harder. Jessica and Daniel feel that they are unable to live out their calling in the work that they are currently doing. Although they have a vision, which is an understanding of the end goal, they are unable to live out their mission, which is the means by which they get to the goal. Having vision, but not being able to live out one's mission, will create a perspective that views current jobs or projects merely as stepping stones. When an opportunity arises that better satisfies an urge to use one's talents, those who are unable to live by mission start drifting away from previous commitments in order to take on new ones. What's tragic about not being able to live out one's mission is that there is a lot of missed potential for the organization, the team, and the individual. It'd be like driving a car and never being able to shift it out of first gear. The car has the potential to go faster, but never does. If it is you who has a vision, but can't live it out, then you will never feel fulfilled in any project or job you do, and therefore, will find it hard to commit to any single job or ministry. But let's say you are the one person on the team who has vision and purpose, and feels that their work allows them to step into their calling. Matthew, the team lead of the program, is 28 years old and a graduate from the best local seminary college. He has a strong awareness of what his purpose is in the church and feels he can fully utilize his God-given talents. Having grown up in church and been around a community of faithful, well-educated Christians, Matthew had a solid foundation of biblical knowledge. By taking on ambitious projects that are outside his comfort zone, he has been able to mature greatly in faith and character, proving he understands his values and knows how to leverage his talents and abilities in order to grow a ministry. However, Matthew is prone to overcommitting and taking on too many tasks at once. Matthew finds that anxiety and burnout hold him back from getting the most out of the work he is doing. The problem that Matthew is dealing with comes from not properly watering, grooming, and weeding. Like a garden, when we plant seeds, we must meticulously water them. Then, when there is growth, we need to groom the branches in order to have the plant produce greater fruit. Finally, we must make sure to constantly weed and remove pests or else they will crowd out the good things that we have planted. Although Matthew has seen growth in his life, without intentionally investing in the few things he has planted, and without cutting down or preventing new things from sprouting up, Matthew has encountered diminished growth and unnecessary stresses. But Matthew reasons with himself that, this time, it will be different. This time, he has a team of passionate people who desire to do more in their life and in the church. A team that will help carry the weight of this program into a fruitful future. A team comprised of Michael, Amanda, Jessica, Daniel, and himself. So in a team of five people, statistically half of the people don't know their vision and purpose, and the other half that does have vision and purpose doesn't feel like their work allows them to step into it, which means at best, only one person may actually know their purpose and feel their work utilizes it. Whether you're leading a team or are part of a team, those aren't good odds when trying to run an effective and productive ministry. One third of all Christians wish they had a clearer understanding of how to define their calling and purpose. And 37% of millennials and Gen Xers wish they had a clearer understanding of how they should be using their gifts and talents to serve God. When pursuing a new job, project, or idea, 
Many of us make the commitment due to the positive euphoric feelings we get when imagining the limitless possibilities and fulfillment that would come from making that decision. Although a job opportunity or project may provide some good knowledge and experience, many leave jobs feeling deflated because their work didn't bring the fulfillment that was hoped for. 38% of all working adults in the U.S. seldom slash never feel energized by their work, and when our energy is low, so too is our passion and motivation to stick with what we started. Fortunately, we don't need to be an expert, professional, wealthy, wise, or elite to do work we love. Loving the work that we do is something we need, not because getting paid for doing what we love is ideal. Rather, it is because the Word of God tells us to do what we love and love what we do. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1-3, and verse 13. When pursuing our calling, we want to make sure that what we are doing is God's will and not just our own desires. If the work we are doing doesn't line up with the vision God has given us, or if we are hindered in living out the mission, then it becomes very difficult to find and do fulfilling work with love. As followers of Jesus, we want to make sure we are bringing love into every situation. We should have love for the things that we do and the people we help. By the end of this book, you'll know the values that God wants to have deeply penetrate your heart, inspire you to grow beyond just beyond yourself, and will help you live by the ideals that Jesus teaches. You'll be able to enter any job or ministry and exemplify Jesus' character and values. You'll know your mission and understand the role and calling that God has planned for you. You'll be moving more confidently and courageously through every door God opens for you, while also having the discernment to know which doors should be ignored or left closed. By the end of this book, you'll have an understanding of the good values that will keep you on the right path, a knowledge of which biblical values will produce the most fruit in your life, defined virtues for maintaining integrity, a vision that will give you something to aim for, a mission for how to get to the vision, and the skills to maximize the fruitfulness in your daily walk with Christ while glorifying God in all areas of your life. To get you warmed up, answer the following questions by writing your response. Just know that there's no right or wrong answer. Simply write whatever you feel is being most honest with yourself in this moment. What would your life look like if, for the next month, you made every decision based on the values that Jesus teaches? If you were to move confidently and courageously in all areas of your life, what sort of positive ripple effect would you expect to see? How would your life feel if you didn't live with purpose? What sort of blessings would you be missing out on? What would life void of purpose look like? Are you a Christian leader looking to develop the skills needed to maximize the fruitfulness in your daily walk with Christ? Do you want to overcome the burden of not living life to the fullest and fully step into your God-given calling? If you do, then you should get a copy of my book, Planting Your Purpose, a 20-day guide to discover God's calling. It's not just another devotional book. Planting Your Purpose is your 20-day guide that will provide you with the strategies, tools, and insights to turn things around immediately. You will learn how to avoid the top five mistakes Christians make when pursuing their calling in life. You'll develop more joy in your walk with Jesus and unlock the secrets to mastering integrity. And by the end of 20 days, not only will you know your calling, but you'll have an even greater sense of fulfillment and confidence in your life. 
everywhere, Christians are raving about this amazing new guide to discover their God-given calling. Get your copy by clicking the link in the show notes or by going to plantingyourpurpose.com. That's plantingyourpurpose.com.